Hi, thanks for joining us for episode two of Meandering Through the Madness with Kyla and Tim. We're going to go over self-talk and mental programming and ways we've used to get along in life, and then we end up giving ourselves a challenge for the week. The intro music was provided by Seth, so thank you for that, and we hope you enjoy it. is it's um chris hartwick and he did the show the talking dead which followed the walking dead Mm -hmm. it's like a one hour okay let's dissect the walking dead show oh and he's a comedian and he would have guests he'd have like one famous person one fan like one random famous person from somewhere else one fan and one member of the cast of the walking dead every week and then they would go over what happened just previously in that episode that just aired. It was a really cool show. At Are you a fan of The Walking Dead? I used to be a real big fan. Yeah. And then it got boring. Yeah. And uh, very emotionally manipulative. Do you think that's why people... Because I don't watch, I watch TV. That is why people watch that. Because you get to ride the highs and the lows. Uh-huh. Those are based on that. Maybe that's why TV is so hard for me because I'm already riding some highs and lows. <laughs> you have no idea what, what I go through. Like I cry from happiness or sadness at, yeah. at, at the drop of a hat. So watching TV is, can be brutal. And for years, I couldn't be around people while I was watching a lot of shows because, you know, I'd start crying. And, you know, that's hard to explain. I can't deal with people screaming like in terror. Oh, that's like an awful sound terrible sound the whole thing about fear um i think when i was thinking about it there i was wondering because i've i've avoided even thinking about certain things because i was afraid that thinking about them maybe wouldn't make it happen but would get stuck in my head and then i wouldn't be able to get it out so somebody would bring something up and be like no you can't talk about that because it might get lodged in my brain and then it'll just go round and round and round. And basically I was hiding from those things by trying to avoid them instead of just facing them once. And we're talking about, you know, well, what if your mom gets into a car accident on the way home kind of things? Yeah. I used to get trapped in that. Well, I would be afraid to even think about it because I'd be worried that it was going to happen that I'd get trapped in it. So then that's a lot of saying no to, th- to your own thoughts, right? <clears throat> Pardon me, that, that became harder for me when I was, became a mother. I just terrified something's going to happen to the kids. That seems to be really common. I know yeah. my wife has, has those fears. And she'll bring up things that I would have never thought of <laughs> in a million years. Yeah. Being a mom. Yeah, and then recently Bethany got punched in the face by a random random person on the street that had mental issues. And, you know, all the fears popped up for me a little bit there, but... That's hard. How's she doing? I think she's doing pretty good. That's awesome. 
So let, let's talk about the music for the podcast there real quick. It just seemed, I was having a hard time finding music. I was looking around on the internet and we're not in a position to pay for any at this point. So I was looking for things with a Creative Commons license that you can use commercially. And I was not finding anything that would work for our, for our little podcast here. I was just, it was a struggle. And that was when uh, Seth's music came up. That's right. I don't know. Maybe you know, you know more of the story on that end. Well, we were driving and Tim was texting me and he's like, well, this is what I can find. And my son loves um, to create music on, on garage band. He loves music. He always has his iPod with him. And he's like, mom, mom, I'd love to create you some, some music. Or I have some music. And it's like, well, you can, you can ask Tim. <laughs> and I knew what that was asking, right? I hadn't heard too much of what he had going on on his garage band. And so we listened to a couple. I was like, well, it's not too far off from what Tim sent me. <laughs> so we passed it along and, uh, Tim graciously listened and he liked it. It was lovely. And my son is over the moon. It just turned out, it, it felt like the perfect thing at that moment. And that, that's where we get into the topic of the day, saying yes to life. That's right. Well, I mean, he's so proud, I guess, you know, he's so excited. He, he grew up in a generation of podcasts and YouTubers, and he's excited to, to watch someone put it together in the book, you know. And That's, and when they want to take part, it's, it gets excited. Like when Bethany did my makeup for, for the book cover. It was yeah, just nice to have her love in the project. We're really in a different time. Like yeah. I didn't get the chance to participate in any things like that when I was a kid or when I was younger. And, uh, but it, it wasn't really an option with the people that I was around. Like you said, we didn't have podcasts and, uh, you know, nobody was making YouTube videos or, or yeah. any small creative projects just didn't seem possible. There was people doing it, but they seemed like they must've been geniuses and, uh, it was way out of our reach. Writing a book. Yeah. That had to go through a very strenuous pro you know, process to but our kids won't have as much of a challenge there because they're seeing us working on it. <laughs> I'm curious with Seth because he did, like he's been coming to work with me since he was three in a yoga studio. And so he's raised, I'm curious to see how, how that translates in his life. We got some time. He's only 10. So. Well, it's, it's interesting how, stuff that you see when your kid does carry forward because I spent years watching my mom paint and she would take us out on hikes and then she'd stop and she'd be sketching and we'd run around on the rocks, come back. She'd still be sketching. It would seem like it would take for hours, <laughs> which it did sometimes, but, and you'd think it stops there. I saw my mom sketching and that's it. But now when I'm looking at, uh, simple things like how to take a picture of a mountain and I'm holding my phone up and I remember the things that she was trying to tell me about composition mm -hmm. that I didn't pay any attention to at the time. And now it seems easier to learn those things because I had a, a sort of a, a soft background in it. That's right. 
Yeah, you have artist blood. <laughs> maybe, or maybe it's learned. Maybe. Well, it's nature versus nurture. It might be both. Same old thing. Yeah, I think it's a little. It is. I think so. Well, I feel so, I guess. So saying yes to life instead of uh, saying no or hiding from it. (laughs) What do you think of that topic? Just your surface thoughts. Sounds easier than it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I get this little rush in my heart. Because I, I try to, to, to live by that, even though sometimes like the fear is still there. I think it's it. The fear is insidious because it's actually that's what sabotages us is um, things we're telling ourselves, which comes from fear, right, or creates fear, like our self-talk that we have from either society or when we were younger or even things that are just going on right near you it has to serve though like in some way maybe well it does like the it depends on how you're looking at the at the uh at that self-talk you Mm -hmm. can look at it as uh a valuable advisor and still do and still go ahead and do things that's right like you don't have to uh you don't have to go all in on the fear part. That's right. Like have a respect for fire. It may like tinder on or you know teeter on fear a little bit. <laughs> Definite respect. <laughs> I know it's a, it's just challenging to to uh, like say you say you feel that you've got um, limitations, self limitations, mm-hmm. and you're absolutely sure that you know. Oh, I can't do art, for instance. That, uh, people say things like that, like. Uh, Every once in a while, I'll, I'll get in my head to draw something and I'll quickly draw something because I fully believe I can draw something, even if it, it's maybe not perfect on the first yeah. try. Yeah. And then I'll kind of cheat. Like I, I quickly draw something and then I'll trace over it, redraw it. You know, I'll hit the same drawing like five or six times and it'll look pretty good to me anyway. And that's the only person I'm ever trying to make happy with that drawing is me usually. And then somebody else will see it and they'll be like, oh, you can draw? I could never do that. Nobody in my family could draw. I might as well not even try ever. And then that's it. They never, they never consider that nothing I draw the first time looks good. <laughs> <laughs> I quickly scratch something out. And then sometimes I'll even, uh, my wife has a, a Mickey Mouse light table that she had when she was a little kid. I think it's Mickey Mouse. It's a... It's like a little kid's toy. I'll throw my drawing on top of that, throw a piece of paper on top of that, turn the light on and I'll trace it. Because, you know, you want to get, you want to get the drawing to look the way you want it to. So then you can change it on the second try. Like it's practice. I don't practice enough to be a full-time artist, but I feel like almost anybody could be somewhat of an artist. If they just tried. Yeah. But they don't think they can. So even if they wanted to be able to make beautiful oil paintings or whatever thing that they have in their head that, you know, makes them think I'm really doing something now with this art, they don't even give it a try because they have these limitations built into their heads. That's for other people. Yeah. Even though they could sense that it would bring them great joy. 
I think a lot of people would really, I don't know, get, get something different out of it that they don't normally get. Well, it's activating the creative space of the mind. Where, when you're doing art, all possibilities are possible. You can create whatever, whatever you want, and the trick is to love what you create. I have made well, some terrible art. Terrible. Oh, I've definitely made some horrible stuff. <laughs> but, but I've had some, I've had some cool stuff pop out too. I like making gem trees. Okay. Well, there's that old story about the person that stops and sees somebody playing, and I don't remember what concerto on the piano. And this person is doing an amazing job, and and the passerby says, "Oh, I can never do that. You must be, you must. It must be great to be so naturally good at that." And meanwhile, that person practiced playing the piano for, you know, a couple decades, maybe, at that point. So I guess it's just to see the possibility in yourself that you could do those things. So how would we get? How do we get to the point where we can uh, defeat some of this self-talk? How do we get around it? Well, I think you have to. I feel for me the process was I had to look at what I was thinking first. Like when I'm in the thought process, I just get wrapped up in the emotion. So with meditation, I was eventually able to look outside of myself as though I was watching TV, you know, like I was watching The Walking Dead. Maybe that's why I don't have to. <laughs> and I could see the stories I was telling myself. And, and I was able to, because the mind is, well, my mind is either regurgitating something from the past or it's projecting the future, trying to, you know, manifest or create the future. And I'm riding the emotions of either the past or the future, where in the present, I'm usually okay. <laughs> Beyond thought. Yeah, it's a lot of people just are not going to be able to um, get to the point where they're going to be able to see their own thoughts, at least not right away. I guess... If you're not going to take up meditation and go that route, then your only other choice really is to try to um, build some new thoughts in to replace those ones. Which affirmations, thats I think that's where those kind of head, isn't it? Where you just try to pound, uh, pound something else into your head instead of what you were already thinking. <laughs> and that doesn't seem to work for everybody. It might be the approach, the way they, they approach it. But I was wondering where you were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes pounding it in doesn't, doesn't work. I think that, so when I was younger, I tried to use a lot of affirmations and it didn't really amount to much, but I, I based it off of, well, I read it in more than one place and you know how it is. If things are written in 40 different places, they've got to be right. <laughs> so common instructions say things like, if you want to be more positive, you're going to have to do something along the lines of writing down uh, a statement like, I'm going to be, I am a very positive person. And you write that 40 times in the morning, 40 times at lunch, 40 times at night. And then if you can, you say it out loud. And you do this until your hand goes numb. And it feels like 
full job. Does that kind of sum up what you've heard about affirmations before? Yeah. <laughs> that was... <laughs> I've, I've never really been... I don't know. I'm usually very specific when I use affirmations. I've already seen the pattern that I'm trying to, to, to manipulate or change. And so I will... But I've accepted it. It's not just forcing it. Is that... Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I might be, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of an all or nothing person. And once, once, <laughs> once I see something like that, where, you know, you see instructions all over the place that seem like they might work because they're written everywhere, then you're going to give it a try. Right. If you're me, <laughs> then you're going to give it everything. So you're going to have hundreds of pages of these affirmations written out <laughs> like notebooks full of them. And maybe a sore hand from handwriting all that out because, you know. Did it help you? How did it? I think some of them did help. But in general, I think the problem is uh, my mind knows when, when, when I'm lying to it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, so you how you word an affirmation might make it sound totally like a lie. Yeah. You can't resonate with it. Yeah. Yeah. So if, say, for instance... Well, people's beliefs about it, about all these things are different, but some people might tell you that you could uh, you could come into a lot of money if you believe strongly enough that you're going to have that money. So, say you start writing down something like, "I I have a hundred thousand dollars" or something like that. Yeah. Whether or not it's possible for you to attract a hundred thousand dollars is beside the point. When you write down something that your mind goes. That is an absolute fabrication. You're lying to me. And you keep doing that over and over again. I guess it depends on the person, but I don't feel that that's too successful of an approach. To no. have your mind thinking that you're lying to it. And that could be with anything. Like you could be saying, I am I'm confident and ready to take on the world. <laughs> or whatever. And if you really don't think you're confident, then you're lying to yourself. And... And I think the, and then, and then life will bring you things to learn confidence. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it will. Or maybe you'll uh, build up like a fear debt or something inside of your head because. I'm more of a visual, visual type, I guess. I've never really taken the time to write out affirmations or um, that's never really been my journey, my path. Well, I've, I've tried to. A lot of different things. So, <laughs> visualize. Yeah, that's my my go-to. But I don't think I've ever done the journals full of affirmations. Well, and everybody is different too. So, what wouldn't work for me might work for somebody else. That's right. But I just I feel like, um, on the metaphysical end, like if you're reading uh, self-help, spiritual type books, you're going to run into the ideas a lot that won't necessarily work. Yeah. For your type of, yeah. And that could be why that one doesn't work for a lot of people. I know it doesn't work for a lot of people because if it did, everybody that ever touched an application <laughs> would be a millionaire, you know, with uh, perfect relationships and, you know, all those things. It's true. I think, well, what I've read is that you have to believe, live like you've already, ha you already have it. 
Mm-hmm. I have dreams. Um, but if you ask me, I'm already successful. <laughs> and I don't know. When I think when you feel successful or you feel you feel it from the inside out and then it's drawn to you. If your fear of losing money, that fear of lack, you know, it, it leaves you. And I don't, I don't mean to be woo-woo when I say that on an energetic basis, but I do know that um, our bodies create heat, which is, which is energy, and that our thoughts control the resonance of that energy. And I don't know if I'm more convinced of that because I'm blind. Mm-hmm. And, and mostly what I, I notice is that there's similarities in people's energies, but everybody is just a little twist unique. You know, you can just a little... You meet someone, you're like, oh, that reminds me of my, that person's vibes remind me of my friend Becky's, you know? Mm-hmm. I am. Um... Well, there is, there is a way, and, and you might use it this way. Maybe. Or affirmations, not in the written form, but not framing them like, uh, I am this. It's more of a, I guess a question. It, it's a question for sure. So if you say, for instance, when you get up in the morning, like things go, thing, as far as I can tell, things go one of two ways in the morning. They either go positive or negative. As soon as you get out of bed, there's no middle ground. There's no neutral. Yeah. I don't see it that way. I, I, I think that uh, you either get up and you start heading down a negative hill or you start maybe at least slight positive. So if you got up in the morning and you, and you think, oh, it's Monday, as soon as you've done that, it's downhill. You're just the, bouncing the, down. Uh, yeah. Right? <laughs> but what if you could get yourself to say something along the lines of, what way could I change somebody else's day today? Like just to give yourself a question. Mm-hmm. And that's not an affirmation by any means. That is uh, slightly aiming the horses when they leave the barn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's that's what I use uh, to defeat my fears is questions like for instance you know uh well i guess i'll just go right into it so say for instance somebody brings up a friend's music or or you know somebody they knows music and and right away there's a part of you that goes i don't know if i should even listen to this because then i might have to let them know what i actually think about it right and what if it's terrible? I'm going to be trapped in this horrible situation, right? That's everybody thinks thoughts like that at least some point or another, right? So then you you might turn down a a, a great thing you don't know, but fear will stop you. And the question I used to diffuse that was, but what if it's really good? Yeah, that's how I decided to. Uh, to listen to the music and this is not i didn't sit down and think this through i guess maybe <laughs> through meditation i know what my thoughts were yeah because i'm aware of them more yeah but that is what i used and the reason i used the question is because i trained myself in the mornings with questions for for quite a few months i called it my my uh self-administered propaganda <laughs> and i I would write a question the night before 
and I just leave it by the sink. So I'd have to look at the note before I got my toothbrush. It's like and that was my can. primer question, right? Yeah. And it would be, I'd try to change it up, and then it, then it wouldn't be because the affirmations totally failed, and I was totally against anything like that for quite a long time afterwards. Like if somebody even brought it up, I would just you know nail them right to the wall on it. I was basically angry at all these. Yeah, I can sense it. Because it, you know, I I feel like there's been so much misinformation about yeah. stuff like that. But anyway, so when I found these questions and, and I knew that they would work, as soon as I saw it, I knew that it would work different. Mm -hmm. Trying it, then I kind of got addicted to them for a while. So, <laughs> you know, one of my questions was, uh, how can I make somebody smile today? So, you know, you just imagine getting up in the morning and that's like one of the first things you see instead of opening Facebook or something. You, you uh, think about how you can make somebody smile and your subconscious mind starts working right away. Mm -hmm. And then you don't have to do anything else. It's just all automatic from there. You've started up the hill instead of down it. I'm going to try that. See how, see how it goes, a little experiment. When so I... that, that's, a, that's how I would suggest people try to say yes to life. Just something small. You don't have to tackle fears head on. Because I don't know if you can win by trying to uproot them. I, sp I spent a fair bit of time in isolation after um, losing the sight in my eye. Mm -hmm. And I became nervous to, to talk to people. You almost get used to being isolated where interacting with other people feels strange. And I knew I was at this point. And so I... Um, I made, gave myself the task of delivering three genuine compliments, which meant that I had to look them in the eye and connect because they had to be genuine. I had to see something that I, I genuinely appreciated in them. But I, it wasn't fake, so I had to look at way more people than just three. I had to make eye contact pretty much with every clerk that I came across. And it, some people would yeah. smile and yeah. sometimes it would get awkward, but it definitely got over my fear of speaking to people. So you would have to you would have to look at multiple people to find something that you could actually say. That yeah, that I appreciated. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't, you know, because you don't want to be like. I mean, I would try to give out as many as I could. I was trying to see something, you know, and then have the courage to say it to, mm -hmm. to, to make that connection. And it's funny. There's lots of mixed results. That, that was probably one of my first. Well, it's not one of my first social experiments. I've been doing it for years. It was definitely helped. <laughs> That's along the same lines, right? Because you are, you're being open to experiences when you, as soon as you start doing something like that. And yeah, meeting new people. Yeah, it was. It really helped. It really did. Uh, I think I told you about that one meditation that I that I uh, that I was trying, where you sit on a bench and you just watch people coming towards you. And you try to catch their, their eyes mm -hmm. without being intrusive, which is scary at first. And then you try to put yourself in their shoes for a second. Mm -hmm. Try to just think about what they might be thinking about. And, uh, and then when they walk past you, you turn and you find somebody else and you try to do it again. And you just try to do that consecutively over and over again. Just making the connections. Yeah, just thinking 
from somebody else's point of view. Taking it outside the ego for a few. <laughs> I understand. And that that was Frederick Dodson. I re- I uh, heard that in an audiobook, and I thought it was really interesting. So I went to the mall a couple times, and I tried it. And I found that a lot of people will just not look you in the eye, period. They will just not even think about it. Arts quick, and then they look away. Yeah. They're very afraid to look in your, look anywhere near you, even if they think that you might be looking at them, they just run, basically. Because the eyes are the window to the soul. <laughs> but if they do look at you, quite often they will smile. Yeah. And those people are the open ones, I think, the ones that are open to... That connection. But... Of course, I, I ran into a lot of fears in myself, like, what if I look like, like that creepy old dude sitting on a van? <laughs> <laughs> this is in the name of science. <laughs> Curiosity. Curious. So I guess other things, if, if there's somebody listening that wants to try changing, changing their baseline thoughts at all, like, so those are good ways to, to, to start trying, but I don't think you can really do anything big. Sometimes, though, you got to think, maybe I'm hanging out with the wrong people and this person is really dragging me down and, and this is not in my best interest. And you usually know already, like if, if you're listening and you're in this situation, you already know. <laughs> you don't need any of us telling you about it, right? I know it's hard, but... it. Picking the right people to hang out with can be a big deal. I was meditating this morning and having great gratitude that I'm, I'm surrounded by a lot of movers and shakers. Hmm. A lot of innovative people, you know, writing their own material and writing books and making art and, and actually making it. And, they, and those people um, inspire me to keep going. Mm-hmm. I'm very grateful. And they're... they're and it, I think it's important to surround yourself with people who inspire you. Yeah, I've made that mistake for a lot of years, not surrounding myself with those people, even though I knew where some of them were. I always thought that I wasn't good enough to be where they were at. Mm-hmm. I hear you. So it's easier to hang out with people that just want to, you know, watch TV and, and uh, you know, not not work on any of those things play it safe maybe you know everybody's just playing it safe well they're definitely not pushing you out of your box so that's you know that's nice and comfortable i I definitely appreciate a friend that can call me on my stuff too yeah that has you know confidence you do it um arlene you know i'm not gonna name bomb here but (laughs) (laughs) that is a very comforting feeling to know that someone is willing to be uncomfortable in speaking their truth in and say listen buddy it's very uncomfortable actually sometimes because you get used to all the people running away every time you mention anything like that so okay, they're they're risking. They don't. They're, you know, they could choose to mind their own business. <laughs> and sometimes I can. Sometimes I'm in a position to hear what someone has to say, and sometimes I'm just not ready to hear it yet. Mm-hmm. And I go back a couple of weeks later. I'm like, ah, I see. <laughs> 
but people who are willing to be courageous enough to try shed a little light. And, and I mean, delivery is lovely. A nice soft delivery is lovely. I mean, sometimes, I don't know, sometimes direct is good too, I guess. There's been a few times where uh, somebody points something out that I've been doing and, and it feels like a bit of a slap, right? Because you didn't realize at all what you were actually up to. I don't know if you've been in a situation like that mm-hmm. where I've been going along under this misunderstanding of either myself or somebody else. And suddenly it comes to a head and, and they can't deal with it anymore. And they're just like, they just explode about it. And then it's just kind of like a train wreck. <laughs> and if they would have just said something right off the bat, you know, when they started feeling that way about it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be like that. But for a long time, they're just being nice, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> well, nice. Nice is a tricky thing, too. Nice. I think nice is a, uh, usually describes something that isn't nice. It's like a false front. At least the way the word's usually used. I can be pretty direct myself, and I don't know. I don't know if in a traditional sense if I would be described as as nice. Like, I'm kind. I am. I try to, to be as kind as I can. And um, Well, do you really want to be nice? Because then you're going to end up fishing, finishing last. It's never actually worked for me, Tim. It's never <laughs> actually worked for me. And by nice, I mean nice and quiet, nice and pretty, nice and nice and quiet. Is usually <laughs> That's what I mean. So I, like every time I think about the nice guy or the nice girl, I think of somebody that's just totally putting on a false front. And just giving it all away. Yeah. That's where, that's where it brings me as well. Yeah. And then usually, and I, especially if it's a guy and they're being nice, then they're usually filled with resentment because everybody doesn't recognize how nice they're being. I think women do that too. Oh, probably, but I know I do know for sure that that happens with guys. The resent the uh, oh, look at the uh, incels, if you know who they are. No. It's uh, I can't remember the exact description, but it's basically nice guys who who feel that they will always finish last. They'll never uh, get the girl, for sure. They're going to be doomed. <laughs> Is it a group? Or are they, are they oh, yeah. for this? It's, it's, a, it's, it's a not nice group. <laughs> well, that, that's a pretty limited belief. It is. But they're nice guys, but they, they'll never... They consider themselves nice guys, but they say horrible things about other people who aren't in their group. It's most groups, I guess. Yeah, I guess teams. <laughs> I'm a Vancouver Canucks fan. No one ever says anything nice. <laughs> <laughs> and we divide into tribes. Okay, here we go. I, I, I'm going to give you a quick de- description. Okay. Incels. Involuntary celibates who believe women owe them. Oh, dear. Owe them what? <laughs> He's trying to get me all fired up. <laughs> Kyle has been meditating really hard on I, as, on righteous anger. <laughs> Let's test this. 
I'm so confused. So they did someone else name this group or did they name themselves? That's that's their name for themselves. Oh, they chose that. Well, I can see why. Yeah, we we shouldn't get into the incels. They're a pretty not nice group, but uh I wonder how a person gets there. Like that's where my mind goes. I'm curious about how the like I know that even in my own life I've taken a couple choices and I end up somewhere I didn't think I was going to end up. <laughs> but that sounds, even just the name sounds like it's fueled by anger and... Yeah. They're they're a pretty angry group. And they're but, angry at women? Yes. And because handsome they, guys who get women. Handsome guys who get women. What about just regular dudes that have women? They're mad at those guys. I don't think that their view of the world is very, uh, it's not the same as ours. So, but they label everybody. But it doesn't matter what group that you might belong to or that you label yourself as like that, I guess, right? Like, like you said, how do you get to that point? It seems so narrow. It's well, like as me. much as I believe in uh, personal choice, at the same time, you have all of the, all the things that might have happened to you to lead you to that. We're back to nature versus nurture. Yeah. yeah. So they are running a propaganda against themselves where they get up in the morning and think about all the things that have been done wrong to them. Mm-hmm. Right? They don't get up and think, how can I make somebody else's day to day? They definitely don't think that when they get up. No. And that comes out of the kind of anger. Almost guarantees you're not going to get what you want. <laughs> oh, Totally. You know, there's more than one way to look at manifestation. You can look at it as I can get things to happen, you know, using the power of my mind. Mm-hmm. And everybody's automatically going to get all fired up about that because they don't think, you know, they don't want to believe that in general. Mm-hmm. But if you get up in the morning and and do what I was talking about, like where you say either these people all done me wrong or That's right. or I wonder how I can make somebody's day to day. That is your mind doing that. So using mm-hmm. the power of your mind, you are now going to make something happen mm-hmm. in the real world. Because if you say these people done me wrong mm-hmm. and then go out and you're in traffic and somebody's behind you getting <laughs> and you slam your brakes on because you're really angry because that's the way you woke up. <laughs> that you guy's doing cost, you wrong. <laughs> you're now causing an accident and and who knows what or, you know, all kinds of consequences. That's just the first example that ran into my head. Mm-hmm. Or you go to work, get into a fight with a coworker, never get that promotion. Therefore, I never manif- therefore never manifesting more money and never getting that sweet job in that other town or whatever. Okay. Now just manifested that using the power of your mind with, without any woo-woo anything. Without no woo-woo, nothing. <laughs> or alternatively, you could get up and say, how can I make somebody's day-to-day? And you go to work, the exact same job, the exact same car, everything. You, but instead of getting in an accident, you just drive straight there, maybe listening to a podcast like this one. Mm-hmm. And then when you get there, you know, you've thought, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to go to John's office. I'm going to find something, some way to make him feel good about today. And you walk in and you see John's, you know, maybe he's got uh, little figurines on his desk or something. And you start a conversation about that. And before you know it, you know, 
you and John had a great conversation and he feels good about his day. And then three weeks later, John promotes you or draws you in on a project or something like that. And then you have more money and you just manifested money with the power of your mind. Mm-hmm. Don't woo anything. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that take of manifestation? I think depending <laughs> on how authentic you were in your connection with John. But it was still only using the power of your mind. Absolutely. But I mean, like, I'm just going straight to like, you could, you could be a butt kisser. You could be. You're right. Right. And you could go in there, you know, be, John, you're so awesome. Your figurines are the best figurines and your intentions <laughs> to make John like you so you can get the promotion. I don't think works as well as if you just go out and be a nice person and spark a little joy you are more likely to see fruition that way. I like. But that was a different question though. That would have been getting up in the morning, looking at the piece of paper that says, how can I get John to promote me? That's right. I didn't, I didn't have that one there. So that's clear. Enough. Well, I, I'm big on intention. Mm-hmm. So for me, it would be, what's the intention behind this delivery? And I think in order to know your intention, you have to know what you really want. Cause I've seen some people manifest some stuff in their life that they think they want. But then once it arrives, it, it wasn't what they thought they wanted, you know? Yeah, that's true. I just feel like people make these distinctions between whether it's all um, airy-fairy mm-hmm. or just real, and it doesn't matter. No. Because you can explain it either way if you actually try to. That's right. Because obviously what I was suggesting is going to work. Mm-hmm. It's going to make something happen. Mm-hmm. So whether it's visible and in this world or invisible and in some energy world actually doesn't matter. No. Because you're going to get results of mm-hmm. what you are thinking. <laughs> Which is something that people don't like to think about. That they might be responsible for what happens. And the worst part is... We're all walking around pre-programmed with stuff that we're thinking. We didn't pick those things. And those things are happening. So say, for instance, you think you are pre-programmed to think that you can't draw, but but you're drawn to art. You're going to make sure that you don't do that because your thoughts lead you to not even try, really. Mm -hmm. To believe you can. Yeah. It's fun when you believe you can, but you have to be willing to fail. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's taking the focus off the end result and just putting you in the mix of it with your, with your piece of paper. Because, I mean, you have no, you've said it a couple of times, you have no control over the reaction you're going to receive from John. Yeah. Are, are you going to let John, maybe he, maybe he doesn't care that you like his figurines. He, yeah, maybe you know, he brushes you right off. Maybe maybe he he's having a really bad day and he yeah. just wants to go away. And does not want to deal with your joy. Like, yeah. Get out of here, Tim. So are you going to, what do you do with that? So you've written on your piece of paper. Well, I didn't your, say and, John. Or, I said, how can I make somebody's day? So I guess if you try John and that doesn't work out, you've got the rest of the day. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> So not, don't let it get. Don't let that little failure with jo- or that first guy stop you from the mission, which is simple. 
I, I sometimes wonder if I'm dealing with an unfair advantage because I just keep trying things. I really admire that about you. But I don't know where that comes from. It's, it's a part of the magic of Tim. I know I that from being your friend. I wish everybody had it because uh, it'd make it a lot easier to convince people to try things. <laughs> it really would. I think it's learnable. I believe so. You've taught me a lot in it. Naturally, I go to the the perfectionist side of things where you freeze and you don't get anything done. Mm -hmm. I used to be like that, and that's why I think it's learnable. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting better with time and, and knowing that because I see it in myself. I can see when it's popping up now. Oh, you're just afraid to try or push off a meeting, push off the podcast. Can we do it? You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like you say, that's, that's the magic of me. But I, like, if you look back 10 years, it was not like that. No. For sure. What was, was it the, something similar to the notes? I think it's just been a slow, like a slow buildup of all the things that I've been trying to do. Like, sure, the affirmations didn't work out, but because, and then I gave up totally on that kind of stuff for years. Mm -hmm. And then eventually... And I don't remember where, but I ran across the idea of trying it as a question mm -hmm. in the morning. And then because of that kind of thing, I started doing um, body weight exercises in the morning too. And then because I did that, I started doing yoga. And then because I started doing yoga, then I started meditating. It's just like all added from one thing to the next thing to the next thing mm -hmm. to get to here. I but I, I labeled myself as a perfectionist. I was proud of that at one point. Would you freeze? Oh, yeah. Well, if you can't get something perfect, it's a problem, right? If you're a perfectionist and it's not ready, you can't uh, release it. You get to hide. Yeah. So if we're talking uh, report at work or, you know, yeah. anything. And it's hiding our imperfections. Yeah. Or there was there was a lot of time where I worked with my hands, so you'd be you'd be toiling away on a specific thing you're working on that day and it wouldn't be quite right. Mm -hmm. So you'd, you know, maybe get grumpy with everybody around you because you had to, you know, try extra hard to get that last bit done or whatever. Yeah, it's a lot, lot more energy involved in doing that than, like, it was a lot harder. And to let go of the end result. Mm -hmm. And let the art take shape. I found that that helps me with creating to just see what happens how it how it turns and then you're surprised at the end too you're like oh look i made that <laughs> yeah but it comes letting it come from inside of you instead of your brain's image of per perfect i feel that way about life i guess yoga's taught me that about life to let it just take shape in front of you and try to love what you've created because it's you know, it's not perfect. It's, yeah, nothing is ever going to be perfect. So if you can get something to 80% even, then depending on what it is, mm -hmm. like if we're talking heart surgery or something, <laughs> we're trying for perfect. But <laughs> we're talking just a book and you have a few typos. All right. You're going to take a couple more weeks to finish those, or you can release it into the wild with a couple typos in it. I don't know. It's out there. I would say we just let it go, right? Mm-hmm. And just accepting it as it is. Mm-hmm.
And that's been interesting in the book as well, how quickly people are to, to point out the little errors. And, it, and I'm kind of in the same boat that, that you are, things that, you know, maybe humor that they didn't understand. or. <laughs> well, those things are always funny to me, actually, when it's a humor thing. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize it was done that way on purpose. That's kind of the point of some humor. That's right. <laughs> it's been... And do you let them stop? Do you know, it's like that first guy in the office. Do you let them stop you from continuing to create? Yeah. And I, not being attached to the outcome and doing things that are fun. This is fun work. Well, exactly. Um, it better be, it better be fun because, uh, why else would you go out of your way to do this after your other jobs, after your other tasks of the day? I find after teaching for a long time that people can also feel non-deserving of fun or they need to just keep working, keep working, keep working, keep working and, and fun, you know, and then they, they resent fun or anyone mm-hmm. having it. Well, I think maybe they feel afraid too mm-hmm. because they feel like, if they slack off of working, you know, everything's just going to fall apart because that's mm-hmm. the way of keeping control over everything. Mm-hmm. There's a nice program for you that we've all been gifted. <laughs> and I wonder sometimes if somebody comes to me with a, you know, so if it's a fairly major flaw with the book and I'm not talking like if Gia was to ever listen to this, she pointed out some obviously really bad typos that needed to be handled. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was a numerical one that really bothered me when I found out about it. <laughs> and we fixed those, and that was great. Thanks. Thanks for those. Mm-hmm. But then if we're talking about after the book is already out there and you find out that we have like three letters wrong on a page, <laughs> it's really very inconsequential to me at that point at all. Because mm-hmm. I've already done that. It's already out. It's gone. Mm-hmm. So unless it's, it's like asking, hurting somebody, then we can we can leave it alone. It's like asking a painter, why didn't you put that tree three inches to the right? You know, and those grass blades are, you know, brown instead of green. That's right. it's the wrong season. <laughs> yeah. But people, that's your mind too, because I think that mind that maybe gets up in the morning and is is a little bit more negative is looking for the flaws, looking for ways to reinforce feeling. Not so awesome. There you talk, you're mentioning everyone's least favorite boss. Like if you're at a job, (laughs) your boss gets up in the morning and says, people have done things wrong and I am going to find them. That is not the person you want in charge of you. No. And I've had that person in charge of me more than once. And it's just terrible because you know you're on edge as soon as you see them because they are already hunting for that thing. That one thing, yeah. Yeah. And then because they're hunting for that thing, you're going to stand up and accidentally knock your coffee cup over or, you know, something is going to happen because everybody's nervous. And uh, that What's the undertone under that anger? What's the undertone? Like they power, I guess they wanting to create fear. I don't know. It's kind of a bullying. Um, They usually look like they're going to really enjoy finding that thing and making you feel like crap. Mm-hmm. That's been my experience. 
And that is the worst part about it is that you know that they're really getting some fun out of it. That's how it feels. Because I've been around a few people like that in the industry I'm in. <laughs> so I guess it's that's, a very... right, that's power over individuals and, uh, you know, over whether or not they have a livelihood. And... It's a, a primarily masculine space. Mm-hmm. Not that women don't get territorial, but I think that... It's not so. The times that I've been around uh, women doing that same thing, it hasn't been as. It's been not pleasant, but not as. Um, it's not. It's not a, uh, a. They're not getting fun out of it themselves, really per se. Mm-hmm. They're suffering with you. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they're enjoying it on one level, but at the same time, part of them is really not liking the fact that something went wrong and that they found it and that they now have to yell at you. Yeah. Have to yell at you. Yeah. Because <laughs> when we get louder, that makes information right. sink in better. <laughs> That's right. Yelling is always where it goes to, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's so, so not that I don't yell, you know, I haven't yelled. It's just a funny human thing. <laughs> if I scream this at you, you're going to hear me. That's right. Instead of shutting down and, you know. <laughs> Going into fight or flight, either one yeah. out of there is so fast or you want to curl up and try and disappear. I wonder. <laughs> we should probably try to try to draw some conclusions out of this, eh? <laughs> We could just keep going for hours here. How long have we been doing this? I have no idea. Oh, about 55 minutes. I don't know if there are conclusions to draw on this one, Tim. <laughs> well, I, I think there's at least one. So we, we can't choose a lot of things about our lives. We can't change our programming just like we can't fix mm-hmm. things instantly. We have We all have issues and problems that are not instantaneously solvable whether anybody wants to hear that or not but we can work away at them slowly if we if we decide to or we can watch netflix but if we decide we're going to work on them at all um one thing you could try to do is just try to change the trajectory of your day every day you could just try to swing it positive just a little bit every day Mm -hmm. and who knows what kind of results you could get out of that like an explorer, a little social experiment in your life. You maybe even just try it for a week and see. Yeah. You know? You were talking about collecting smiles the first mm-hmm. time we talked. That could be one of the things you're trying to do, right? Yeah. You could say to yourself, I wonder how many smiles I could collect today. I think that if you can go to the question, the reason the question works is because your subconscious mind loves to answer questions. Mm-hmm. And if you tell your subconscious mind something like that, like it doesn't have to be, it, it could be um, a question directly about yourself too. It could be uh, what are my best qualities or, you know, it could be anything like that. It doesn't have to be an action you take in the world. It just has to be a way to get your subconscious mind aimed positive. I said that about yoga too. Even if you just wake up in the morning, put your feet on the floor, give your hips a little wiggle, you know, do a little, <laughs> do a little shimmy, roll out your neck. You know. 
<laughs> you haven't lost anything. <laughs> That's true. And then maybe you'll do it for a little bit longer. I did have a reader, though. I wanted to bring this up and share. Um, she changed the, our calendar up a little bit, thinking about doing, talking about doing things our own way. She was finding when she was setting the timer mm-hmm. that she would just kind of get into her groove and relaxed into her breath and softened into herself, and her timer would go off, and she was finding it very distracting. And what she's been doing is she plans to have a fair bit of time in her practice. She does it before bed. Mm-hmm. And she sets her stopwatch and just records daily. She's happy with whatever she gets. And she has been noticing a progression, but it's not that. She's allowing herself to go as far as she can naturally, which I really appreciate it. I guess that's that's one area, like when you're talking about meditation and timing, timing it. I struggle with that myself at times. Mm-hmm. Like I'll set a timer based on how much time I have. Mm-hmm. So if I'm up really early for some reason, I might set it for 40 minutes, mm-hmm. but it won't necessarily make 40 minutes. Yeah. At 25 minutes, all of a sudden I'll be like, well, I, I just can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like I have to make myself sit there. And then I have to think about that for a few minutes. <laughs> but I know <laughs> it, it's going to be a really personal thing, isn't it? Yeah. Which way you do that? Because I could, I seen where she was coming from, and and it was a, it's almost backwards, and I liked it. Yeah, most people aren't gonna aren't going to uh, go longer to start with, at least. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be like dying for that timer to go off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right, and she had a, the confidence to to change the program. And and do something that suited her, which is very important to me in this this project. And I like yeah, that. I think that's that's one thing we really both agree on is that uh, things that are put out there are not going to necessarily fit the way you are because we basic we already come with basic programming that's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. So if you're trying to fit a round peg into a square hole or vice versa, then you might just get frustrated and give up. Or get afraid of, and start feeling like there's a part of you that is wrong because you can't fit in the hole. Yeah. And you start to try and change your shape, but to just let your own shape take place. Yeah. Get, do some whittling. Yeah. Emerge from yourself. And and that was for me in the mind is emerging from my thoughts that were keeping me limited, emerging from my space of I can't. Not that it doesn't sneak in sometimes, but they've definitely learned how to handle a little better over the years. And then you just get start to get. There's a, a yoga principle where the mind is always seeking the same patterns to keep it safe, mm-hmm. and to start to find what's different about the pattern and make it exciting. To not be afraid of what's different in the pattern. Because the, the mind finds, for most people, the mind finds consistently. Like, If you're waking up every morning with, with heavier thoughts, it's, you've probably been doing it for a while. Yeah, right? that's true. And so, I mean, just it's kind of the same of what I was saying, is that you're, you're noticing now the people who are smiling at you. 
which is different from the pattern, which would be to just reaffirm that everybody's a jerk out to get you. I'm, I'm thinking about, of course, where these patterns come from. And that if, if you, uh, if you looked at some of the things you say to yourself, you would probably recognize those things, same things being said by people when you were, when you were younger. I was at a conference once and we did a crap board. So they were kind of like vision boards. Mm-hmm. And the task was to take your journal and every time you had an, a thought like, oh, you're so stupid or a negative thought, you were to write it down. And I was fascinated at the end to see what pat- programs I had picked up that were represented in I am statements. And then the you are statements were very clear that they had arrived from outside my own, oh, really? my own mind. Yeah, it was brilliant. A brilliant exercise. And uh, it became very, very clear. But I chose to believe, <clears throat> pardon me, I think it's a little bit of both, um, what you choose to believe and then what other people have told you and then you've concreted as truth. Hmm. And that's called a crap board? A crap board, yeah. <laughs> and you glued it out and you just like making a vision board, you had to stick it to the board and you had to look at it because you at the exercise also you had to look at are these is this true is this true about yourself are you lazy are you stupid you know why can't you be like everyone else there is all sorts of and you look at it and you're like well Hmm. these are the truths i'm telling myself pardon that's a really interesting idea it was brilliant and you carry we carried the journal around with us i think it was for opposite of a gratitude journal it was like, yeah, <laughs> well, just allowing you to be more aware of your thoughts and how many of those thoughts are self-sabotaging. And we did it over a span of, we were given the journals mid-afternoon and then we went through, we built the craft boards the, the evening after. So we had the journals with us for a while. And in those short amount of hours, how many things that you were able to pick up of negative things you're saying to yourself. It was intense. You didn't, I didn't think I had that much time to say that much mean stuff to myself. <laughs> and I wasn't alone in the process. Everybody had lots of stuff on their crap board. That's another social experiment that maybe I would like to try there. I'm yeah. curious now. A little like bit I'm, of a challenge. <laughs> that's right. Because the thing is, like, it doesn't matter where you are in life or what you've accomplished or, or uh, you know, you're going to have those things. Mm-hmm on a daily basis. It's like our self-identity is so fragile that it fluctuates based on, based on things that we tell ourselves, you know, when you go to the grocery store and somebody steps in line in front of you or, or, you know, we are that fragile. Our friend tells you the truth and you can't hear it. It's Mm -hmm. saucy with them. Well, spicy, (laughs) you know, very fragile. And that's that, attack mode because we feel like we've been done wrong to and we've all been done wrong like every single one of us everyone oh yeah but do we choose to carry it and are we reinforcing it what are we reinforcing well the reinforcing i know some of it's out of our control but if we can become aware of what's going on and that I think would be the, the opportunity right I think the paper experiment is reinforcing a direction. Yeah. I can understand that sometimes I choose to be negative and I choose, you know, I can be 
agitated or irritated, but I'm trying to choose this new direction. And even if you're in a better mood for like three seconds, it's worth its weight in gold. Because, you know, you're less stressed out, so your muscles relax and your body functions efficiently. Okay, well, why don't we wrap up here, but with a challenge to ourselves. I'm doing the notes for a week. Well, why don't we do both things? Ooh, a crap board and notes for a week. So the journal we're carrying for a week? Well, I've always got paper around, sure. So why don't we do a a crap board slash journal? Okay. And then a question every morning. And then a question every morning. And we'll reconvene later, see how it goes. That's right. Okay. (laughs) 10-4. Plus, you never know, we might have uh, an interview coming up soon, too. I'm excited about that. Well, a couple of it. We have a couple of guests lined up. Yeah. And I think they're both going to be amazing interviews, actually. I'm really excited. I, th- I think it's fun that you're bringing a guest to the table and I'm bringing a guest to the table. It's fun. I'm excited to meet your guest, Kim. <laughs> well, I'm kind of excited to meet him, too. <laughs> I guess so, you guys. Yeah. It was one of those coincidental meetings, so I don't really know the guy yet. But if... if all of his friends call him magic. He's going to be interesting. That's what um, I, you know what I mean? I'm curious to, to hear magic's story. Yeah. Where his journeys led him. Hopefully it's pure magic. That's right. Breathe a little <laughs> life into this. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay. No, thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you again next time. Uh-huh. And thanks to everybody who's listening. Thank you. If uh, we should uh, we should build an email address specifically for this podcast. Sure. With any luck, I'll have it built, and it'll be in the introduction which preceded it. <laughs> Sounds good to me. And just so, if people have questions or that's right topics or anything that they would like to address. Yeah, we'd be we'd be willing to take take on questions for sure. That would be fun. Or criticisms, even. (laughs) Happy it's just voice. (laughs) That's right. Okay. All right. We'll have a lovely evening. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye.